I'm smiling because I'm thinking about my oldest sister and uh, my oldest sister, the late Reverend uh, Rochelle Nickelford. And I remember growing up, <laughs> sometimes, you know, as big sister, I was the middle sister and I had a younger sister, my baby sister. But sometimes, you know, um, things would happen and we would be there for one another. And we'd be like, okay, all right. Because we ain't want mommy and daddy to get us. So we just be like, listen, I'm covered for you. I'm going to look out for you, but don't do that no more. You can't do that no more. You know, and it was little things. We were church girls. So little things, you know, think, what you might think was little, like y'all was upset. To us, it was a big, a big deal. Like, you know, so it's like, you know, literally if, if, if you were in the house and you knew that your chores were to, you know, to clean up a certain area and you left it, we would panic because we was like, oh, we're going to get in trouble. We're going to be put on punishment because we didn't do what we're supposed to do. So, okay, let me cover you. Right, look, I'm going to run downstairs. You stay upstairs. You talk to mommy and dad while I'm cleaning your area before they get downstairs. We covered one another. We covered one another. And and that's the way we're supposed to be with one another in, in the body of Christ. We cover one another. We look out for one another. We understand that sometimes we just, you know, something, we, you might you might just slip, you know. Let, let, let me give you an example because some people think you're like, oh, we're supposed to let people get away with fornicating. I know what your minds are thinking. Come on, come on. Come on, grow up with me. Let's say this. Let's say if we had um, a, a, a person that's responsible in the church to um, take care of a certain bill and maybe they were overwhelmed that particular week because things happened. Maybe they weren't feeling good or whatever. All right, they didn't pay that bill. Is the leadership team going to stone that person? No. They, they okay, they wasn't feeling good. This particular, that person has been doing what, diligently doing it all along. Look, we, um, it's okay. Sis, it's okay. It's all right. Somebody missed a prayer meeting. And oh my goodness, we don't look at the person and say, oh, they're a sinner. Lost in sin. See, they, they falling back. They falling short. They won't even show up a prayer meeting. No. Sis, everything all right? Brother, everything all right? Why you missed the prayer service? Okay. All right. See you next. See you next time we come together and pray. And before we get there, I'm going to text you. I'm going to call you. We're going to pray together, okay? You don't know what a person is going through. And especially when you've seen a track record of a person and when you see them slipping up or something like that, you're supposed to check in on them. Are you all right? Because the majority of the time, that person would be overwhelmed. That person may not be feeling good. Sickness sometimes just comes out of anywhere. You know how the enemy works. Somebody be working it. I mean, they be working out their soul salvation. They have great help and doing the works of the ministry. And then boom, something happens. And they're just like, I don't know what happened. I got sick. Da, 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 da. Okay. We, those are the things that I'm talking about that we're, and we're supposed to have a better concern for one another instead of waiting for someone to slip up or make a mistake and simply X them out. That's not the way we're supposed to be. So therefore, as, uh, Galatians 6 and 10, it says, especially to those who are in the household of faith, those who are, who are in the household of faith that are really working hard and they're really putting their hands to the plow. They're really trying to balance things between their spirituality, their, uh, you know, their work, their mental health, their, their physical health. And just, you know, they may error in something. We don't, we don't cut them off. We're supposed to make sure that we are lifting them up and that we're giving them attention that they need so that they can be repaired and be made whole again. Amen. First Timothy five and eight. First Timothy five and eight. But if anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. 
All right, I'm gonna get some folks household household. It's, it's the word. Dawn Dawn didn't make it up. That's the word of God. Go there and look for yourself. First Timothy five and eight. Spouses, children under your household, people that you're supposed to be taking care of. You are you claim them as dependents. You're supposed to be the husband's supposed to be the covering and the shepherd of the house. The mother is supposed to be there who manages and assists and that uh, that helper to make sure you know where everything when something is goes you know is lacking. They're there to pick it up. And in, in today's world, things have turned around a little bit, and that doesn't change the fact of the order of God. But I'm just saying, whoever it is, whoever it is in the household who's who's making the money to meet the needs to make sure that that family stays above water. You know, you have to make sure that you're there to help one another and do what you're supposed to do. So wherever the responsibilities lie in your household, you need to be accountable. You need to be reliable. You need to be a person of your word. If you say you're going to be, you're going to bring $50 into your, your treasury for your household, do that. Do that. Don't say it and then don't do it. Remember what the word says. It's best not to make a vow. Just don't make a vow. Don't say nothing if you can't keep to it. But when you're in a household, you're supposed to be making sure that things are taken care of and it's supposed to be consistent. It's not supposed to be, okay, I'm going to take care of this one month and then three months on, uh, 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 down the line, I'll pick it back up again. No, it's supposed to be consistent. You're supposed to be accountable one towards another in your household. If you're, if spouses, you're supposed to be accountable to one another. No, you shouldn't be uh, sneaking and, 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 you know, you taking away from the household and you going and doing other stuff with, with the monies that's supposed to provide for your household. No, that's not that. He tells you right there in his word. He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. When you do things like that, it says you, it, but if anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Why did you did? Why does it say you denied the faith? Because who do we follow after? Who is who is the one that is our greatest role model? Our heavenly Father, right? Jesus, Father, Jesus, Holy Ghost. They're three in one, right? What does what does God do for us? He provides. He provides. I don't care what happens. No man or no woman can do this. When it's morning time, the sun comes out. Even if it's a gray cast. You know, and uh, over the sky, the sun is still up to to illuminate the skies, to uh, to let us recognize the difference between night and day. When the nighttime comes, the sun the sun it goes down, and the moon is it, it reflects off of the sun, and it gives us a source of light. But the skies are darkened, the waters, the billows they blow, the currents go to and fro. The rocks in the mountains, they are positioned in their places. The trees, the grass, they are positioned. They do what they're supposed to do. Why? Because God provided us the world the, the, his, through his nature. He has made provision for us. For if we, if we, for, because of the different changes that have occurred in the world, for every sickness and disease, there's a remedy in nature for it. But the enemy has convoluted us with all of these different, you know, ways of um, trying to do a quick fix or whatever. But we, we're in, especially here in the United States, we don't look for the cure. We rather just want to treat a sickness. 
but the, there is, there is healing in the land. There is healing in the things that God has provided through nature for us to take part in. But what happened in the, the, the Garden of Eden? Adam and Eve, they sinned, fall short of the glory, and it caused for things to just come, you know, wayward. But those who want to study and those who want to go deeper, you find out those things that treat your body and help your body to sustain and for you to be in good health. But if we fall short and not doing the things that we're supposed to do, it causes for our household to falter. And therefore, what? We've denied the faith. God is faithful. He said, be holy for I am holy. He's not going to tell you to do something that you're not able to do. So if God gives us this representation and shows us that he's accountable and he's and he's something, someone that we can rely on. When we step into salvation, our old man must die and we are a new creature and we're supposed to do things in the newness of knowing how God is. So now our new character should portray more of the spirit of God. Be reliable, be trustworthy. Let what you say, your words, let the, the your your spouse shouldn't be calling and saying, where are you at? And you say, I'm on a job and rather you somewhere at a bar or at a lounge, at the movies, at the mall, you are somewhere other than where you said you are. That's not your, that's not, that's not being reliable. We're supposed to make sure that we provide for our own, especially in our household. If we don't do that, we deny the faith. We deny the faith because we are not representing who God is through our actions and our deeds. Remember this, let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Your finances, your money, your cell phone, all your, your, your emails, all of those things. They need to make sure that they are acceptable unto the Lord. If God is present, I mean, physically, if you were able tangibly just to literally just touch him like we touch and feel one another, would you do certain things in front of him that you try to hide and do behind your spouse's back? You got to question yourself. And if those things say, you say, mm, uh, uh, then you got to change it. Because once again, you're supposed to be making sure that you are making provision for your own and your household. And that you are doing things that show concern and love. Because you're building your, your household. You're building a community. Those people who lived in your household and eventually go out on their own. You you have to make sure that you sow some good seed in, on the inside of them. So they represent what you taught them because you followed the representation of Christ. You see? That's, why, that's how the faith is connected through all of these things. So once again... Just examine yourself. If you've fallen short of this, it's not a guilty lesson or nothing like this. It's just to say, oh, okay, let me fix that. Let me work on me, Lord. Thank you for showing me that. Let me let me work on me. Remember, we, all of our good is but filthy rags. That's why we repent daily. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, forgive us. And he'll step right in. Let's have concern in our household. Let's be accountable. Let's be reliable. Let's do what we're supposed to do to make sure that our household is in good tact. Amen. Somebody put amen. Amen. All right. Proverbs 21, 13. He who shuts his ear to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be answered. Proverbs 21, 13. He who shuts his ear to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be answered. The word says that the poor is going to be amongst us. We're going to widows, orphans, 
and the poor. They're always going to be amongst us. And we can't ignore them. We can't. And I know sometimes people on the street, they say, well, I can see these people out here begging. They always, you know, right in the middle of traffic and they're begging this and the other. You know what? Just have a concern. Really, you giving 50 cent or a dollar, is that really going to make or break you? And what that person does, you did your part. What that person does with it, that's on them. But when you see someone say, I'm hungry, I mean, if you can, I'm saying, you know, I know because sometimes we're driving along and, you, you, you know, you don't want to hold up traffic and things like that. But if you're somewhere and somebody say, I'm hungry, and, and you say, okay, I can buy you a burger, buy the burger. Now, I know sometimes they, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just think about my little local uh, White Castle that I visit sometimes in the morning. And, uh, you know, sometimes you get the ones that say, I don't, I don't want no burger. I ask you for a dollar. I don't want no burger. Then you're not hungry. So then that you can make a concentration and say, okay. But I'm just saying if a person say, I'm hungry, I have something to eat. And if you're able to provide that, help out. What they do after that, that's really not your concern. Your concern is that you show care. Because you don't know who's the next person that you're going to meet that you show concern to. How that can be a message within itself. How that can be a witnessing tool within itself to bring them to Christ. To make them turn their lives around. For them to say, okay, but to open up a conversation for them to hear the gospel. That may very well change their lives. That's not for us to decide. Remember the story of Jonah? God had to rebuke Jonah. And the reason why the whole thing, him running, he got swallowed up by the well, is because Jonah... He made his decisions that the, you know, they don't need to be prophesied. 200 Ninevites, that they are roguish, rough people. Nobody need to go and tell. God had to tell Jonah, that's not for you to decide. Who do you think you are? My my, my love and my gospel and my, my compassion is, is for every man. He had to rebuke Jonah and show Jonah, no, I, I, I told you, you're supposed to be my vessel. You asked me what I want you to do. I told you, now go. And he had to deliver that message. It wasn't for Jonah to decide that they were not worthy enough to hear a message from the Most High God. Who are we? Remember, today we may be smiling. Today we may be on the top of the world. I say this all the time. We pray. We need to pray for Ukraine. We need to pray for these countries that are warring. Because America, United States of America, don't think for one minute that we are exempt. Don't think that we're exempt. If you didn't learn anything from 9-11, I don't know what to tell you. That's why we need to continue to pray without ceasing. Pray for our country. Pray for these nations. Pray for peace. We need to pray. Pray for protection. We have to pray. But one day, if we're ever in a state where we're not able to fend for ourselves and we stretch out our hand and we say, can I have a dollar? Can you get me something to eat? We're going to want somebody to have compassion. And we're going to want somebody to show us concern and care and, and help us in that particular time of need. So always remember that. Always remember how you treat a person, how you look at the poor, how you deal with the poor. Always keep in mind that that can easily be you. Oh, yes. Don't think it can't happen. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. Galatians 2 verse 10. They only asked us to remember the poor. The very thing I also was eager to do. Remember the poor. Once again, don't don't overlook people who are less fortunate than you are. 
Don't overlook the people. You know, I know people say, oh, there's people laying up on the system. Everybody's not laying up on the system. Some people are working. They're doing what they need to do to get out of the system. But we want that judgmental, those comments and things that we make, because stereotypically we have just programmed these things in our mind from what the media has shown us from what we've seen on the news or what we've heard and just talk or whatever. And it once again, remember, we are in this world and we are not of it. You know, we, we can't think like the worldly man. So when we see poor people, when we see people, you know, that uh, um, are, are dealing with financial um, difficulties or trying to make a way and make ends meet, it's not for us to judge them or to criticize them and say, oh, here they go. You don't know what people's situation is. That's not for us to know. We are supposed to do what? We're supposed to just simply look out. That's it. We're supposed to remember the poor. That's what we're supposed to do. Not all this other side conversation that we do. Show concern. Show love. Show compassion. James one twenty seven. James one twenty seven. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this. To visit orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. We are supposed to care for the orphans and the widows. Yes, we are. And that's something that the church has gotten away from. And that's something that sometimes, um, you know, is just overlooked. We're supposed to look at after children. And, uh, you know, when we pray on our um, Tuesday night prayers, you know, uh, one of our sessions, I, that was one of the pointers that I asked to be prayed for, for our elderly, what, looking out for our elderly, because the majority of uh, elderly people are widowed. They were once, you know, married, but they're widowed. And it's like, you know, sometimes when they don't have that companion, because, you know, when you in a partnership and you've been in a partnership so long, it's like, you know, you balance one another. You help one another think and get the thing. When that person leaves, a spouse leaves that person. It's very hard at times and difficult at times for a person to to like center themselves and carry all of what you know they they were carrying uh, now for both themselves and the other person. They're all just doing it all by themselves. So we have to be considerate about that. We have to be watchful. We have to be prayerful when so when someone loses a spouse, we have to give that person time. You know, we can't expect for them just to jump back into things. The way, you know, we saw them when they were with their spouse. You have compassion, have concern, have compassion and have concern. Because that's something that's challenging. Uh, people who take uh, in foster children, people that deal with, you know, uh, children in those situations like that. You know, God bless you. And I just pray that the right people join up for those types of programs to be a help to children. Because that's what we've been assigned to do. That it says it right there in the words, James 127. We are supposed to visit orphans and widows in their distress. We're supposed to be a help to them. Now, here is my concluding scripture. Proverbs 19:17. One who is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his good deed. And I say that for everything that we say and do. When it says it is gracious to a poor man. You, when you're gracious to any individual, when you're gracious, the Lord sees that. The Lord sees your compassion. The Lord sees when you are concerned about others and he will repay him for his good deed. There's a reward in being compassionate, concerned and loving towards your brother, uh, towards your brothers and sisters. There, There's a reward in that. 
So let, let's just keep in mind where God is calling us. Let us keep in mind the time that God has allowed for us to walk this earth. Every opportunity you get to meet a person or have a conversation with a person, make sure that you show forth compassion. Make sure that you show forth care and concern. This is one challenge that I, I like for you to, to put into your walk, in your daily walk in living this life. When someone says how you're doing and you say, I'm fine, I'm good. And if you say it back, I want you to ask that person twice. No, really, how are you doing? And I want you to take more than just a second to hear what how that person responds and then offer prayer. See, he who wins souls, wins souls wisely. You got to use wisdom. When you ask somebody, how are you doing? Oh, I'm okay. You know, this isn't enough. Take a minute to say, no, wait, really, how are you doing? And if they say something that's like, I'm tired, I'm strained. Say, can I pray with you? Is it okay? Can I just pray with you? You know what? I'll be honest with you, all the, the the years that God has blessed me to live on this earth, every time that I ask someone, is it okay if I pray with you? I have never been denied. I've never been denied. No, I have not met, I have not had that experience yet where, and I said, you look, if I heard somebody saying I'm going through enough, you know, I need prayer. And I said, can I pray with you right now? Yes, please. But if I hear somebody saying something and I say, you want me to pray with you? Yeah. I have not yet been denied. Now, if you get denied and the person don't want to pray with you, you hey, shake the dust off your feet, pray for them in your heart and keep it moving. It's okay. You did your part. Show love, show compassion, show concern. And that is what the Lord gave me to share with you tonight for Thursday night Bible study. Should the Lord allow for me to see another Thursday, I pray to be here with you again next week at the same time on the same live stream here on Facebook at 7.30 p.m. Thursday night. God bless you. God keep you. God prosper you is my prayer. Until we meet or speak again, may the blessing of the Lord continue to make you rich, adding no sorrow to it. Good night. Love you.